2: This
0: is the John Fuglesang podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fuglesang. A lot of stuff to get through today. Major bloodletting among our Republican friends. My God, we have so much. We have to get a handle on. We got a really good one tonight. We got a packed one tonight. Congresswoman Bonnie Coleman will be here for the first time. Uh, I've wanted to get her on the show for a while. She's the first African-American female senator, Congresswoman, sorry, from the state of New Jersey, Bonnie Watson Coleman. And she has some thoughts on asylum-seeking and on Republican cruelty and Republican performative cruelty. The great Jessica mason Pekla will be joining us later on from Rewire News Group to talk about, among other things, the fact that under Joe Biden, apparently there really is now going to be over-the-counter birth control pills this just happened and it barely made any noise i thought the i thought the over-the-counter hearing aids would make noise no nothing also about the texas hearing coming up on mifepristone because if you're a person in this country and donald trump's evil has forced you to learn how to pronounce mifepristone I, I, I had to learn how to say all those covid drugs he was yeah. making a mistake yeah. is her mic on is her mic up oh there we go i hear you
1: oh you can hear me now hear okay, you okay now. good yeah. yeah. hi. You in a Hello. second.
0: hi <laughs> you know like hydroxychloroquine it took me like months Evermectin, like Donald Trump's evil has forced me to expand my vocabulary. I should thank him for that. Right now, I'm very pleased to welcome someone who has joined us many times on this show. Uh, When we were in the daytime, she joined us all the time. She used to sit in and guest sidekick all the while. Uh, Someone who was here, I believe, I think you were here for the first live show we did when they moved us here to what yes. the fuck o'clock
1: yes and, and i was on the last show too I you was, were on the last show I in was the daytime squid pro quo it was halloween i remember that and i came in dressed as squid pro quo you had a squid costume. i'm ridiculous but yes
0: and then a couple of days later we started here at what the hell o'clock <laughs> and our opening show guests were uh, pete townsend of the who and uh charlie pierce of esquire and Natalia Reagan, anthropologist, primatologist, actor, writer, one time dancing McNugget for a TV commercial. A lot of you <laughs> lot might know her from her work as an all star host for Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk. She often joins the show to enlighten us with installments of shit you can't say. But right now, Natalia just happens to be just happens to be in New York. I was just business. walking
1: down, you know, Avenue of Americas. And I was like, hey, man, isn't that the series XM? I did a show with you. In. I did
0: a show with you like two weeks ago.
1: I know. You I just did. I won't leave. That's great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying.
0: How is your uh, time in New York? city man. it's
1: been amazing for the first time i i've this is the third time i've been back since i've moved and this is a time where i actually feel like i live here again because i've been here for two weeks and i just time. i've kind of sort of seeped back into my old routine and, and I'm loving it. And it's, you know, the weather's finally good and I'm doing tons of comedy and the comedy scene out here is vibrant and alive yes. again. It's
0: oh, wonderful. Yes. Oh, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. It's good to see you. And you have a... Do you have an announcement? You have a gig?
1: I do. I've got I got gigs, plural. I'm coming back uh, on June 9th to do uh, it's Science 101 at Caveat. Uh, it'll be on gay animals. gay Animals. Uh, no way. It's going to be their biggest gay show ever. Over Rhonda 1500 Santis 1500 will Over 1,500
0: species, it. I've heard. Over, Over 1,500 yeah. species. So,
1: John... Over 1,500 species have been documented engaging in homosexual behavior, yet only one species- Only one
0: has hangups about it.
1: Has been uh, documented engaging in, in homophobic behavior, and ironically, they're in the genus Homo. (laughs) <laughs> so explain me that. Uh, yeah, so I'll be talking about gay animals. And I have a show back in L.A. this coming Friday. So if you're in L.A., come find me. I have a book coming out. Crazy b- stuff.
0: have b- b- a book, too? Well,
1: I'm, it's a chapter in a book about gay animals. Yeah, I know. Ron DeSantis would hate me right now. But it's uh, the new Nerd Night book. It, you can find it on Amazon. Come find me on Twitter and you can, you can buy it. And I'll be podcasting for uh, Scientific American, also talking about gay animals. It's a theme in my life, John.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. It, yeah. w- when will the new podcast be launching? Uh,
1: well, I'm going to head back to L.A. And I plan on recording it in the next week or so. And hopefully nice. it'll be out in the next month. All I'm right. very excited.
0: I'm so thrilled. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see you when you get back or I'll see you in L.A. before then.
1: Yeah. Come come join me.
0: Listen, I'm glad you're here. You've been I here You've been here you. for a lot of our shows. Yeah. You, you've been here with me and Frank many times in the <laughs> oh, Frank God. Times. Yes. You've been here with a lot of celebrities. We've dragged a lot of famous people on Jane the show. Jane Goodall. That's right. That I was, used, I used you woo. to make Jane Goodall behave. That's right.
1: <laughs> Kept her in line. No, I just cried the whole time. Just tears streaming down my face.
0: I am. I'm, I'm very glad you're with me because tonight, <laughs> Natalia, for the next three hours, uh, we and by we, I mean you. You're going to be hanging out, right? I'm you're not. Gonna, I'm you're sidekicking.
1: I, I live here now.
0: You're here all night. All yes, right. So, so normally it's just Thea and me here uh, mm-hmm. in the Howard Stern Tower on Monday nights when they make us come in because this is hybrid. So we come in on Monday and we get scared because it's haunted. There's no one here. (laughs) There's two twin girls in blue dresses saying, come play with us forever and ever. There's a kid on a big wheel riding through the hall. It's
1: perfect. It's empty. I mean, And the bloodletting is perfect.
0: You've been here at night the in the perfect. before times. Oh, yes. There, there was always like rappers and their girlfriends here. There's always a bit of a scene I, going on here at night. Yes, it in felt like days. a bit of
1: a nightclub, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, post-COVID, no, it's not like that. Post-COVID, yeah. it's like the first scene of a horror film, and we're trapped in the corporate office space, and we can't get out, and we only can hide in cubicles.
1: Yeah, I got smacked by a tumbleweed as I walked that's through. the exactly right. I mean, That's exactly right. That's how bad it
0: is. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight, though. We have a really, really great show piled up. Uh, Chris Household is our executive producer. He is Woo-hoo. fearlessly running this thing out <laughs> (laughs) south carolina the great thea harper four nights a week she gets to do it not having to look at me tonight please (laughs) when you call be compassionate thea has to look at me through glass the entire time that's not right for any person especially you know a millennial with hope in her life and a future i'm not
3: taking calls that's chris
0: oh okay great okay well that's and never mind then tonight thea is not taking calls so i'm going to say for one night you're allowed (laughs) to be as sexually lascivious with the call with the call screener as you want when you call in and you males know who I'm talking about. You can go ahead and ask Chris what he's wearing. Ask, ask Chris. <laughs> T- tell Chris how nice his smile is. Go ahead. He
1: fills out those jeans real yeah, tell, good. Tell,
0: tell Chris about how you wish you could meet him sometime when you came to New York. Whatever creepy things you miscreants tell Thea. I want to find you in a back alley, She's protected Chris. tonight. And listen, tonight's a special night. Uh, tonight's F-bomb is going to be a, a, a very special intervention for our friends in the Republican Party. Tonight, the deplorable Samaritan. Now, here's the deal, folks. The Republican Party, I'm worried about them. As Tina Turner might say, they need another hero. Uh, Last Wednesday, (laughs) Congressman James Comer, for those of you who don't remember, for your Academy ballot, he's chairman of the House Oversight Committee. He held this frothing press conference where he promised to expose all all the Biden family business dealings. We've had months of scrutiny. And they said it was going to be judgment day for Joe Biden. And finally, the hammer's going to come down and 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 the skies will part and Hunter Biden will be laid with his guilt before everyone. Well, ultimately, it was nothing. It was nothing. The whole press conference was Comer throwing around vague unsubstantiated claims having no proof of anything him saying the words influence peddling but but nothing no criminal activity by joe biden or hunter biden or anybody and now it's gotten better because now and again (laughs) right-wing morons this is how they string you along right they fill you thinking that there's going to be this big investigation we got two of those today (laughs) they were just suckering you the entire time now turns out In this massive, very serious investigation into the Biden crime family, their top witness has up and disappeared without a trace. Or at least that's what James Comer said grovelingly to maria bartiromo sunday on fox news i give you uh exhibit one uh fox's sunday morning futures here's james comer offering up what appears to be a partial excuse we we had an informant and we lost him here he is he's saying he misplaced his whistleblowers but still in spite of that and my lack of evidence the biden's are just like the corleone family
1: where is that informant today where are these whistleblowers
4: Well, unfortunately, uh, we can't track down the informant. Uh, We're hopeful that the informant is still there. The whistleblower knows the informant. The whistleblower is very credible. And all we're asking the FBI with respect to the Form 1023 is what did you do to investigate this allegation? And they send us back a very patronizing letter basically saying, just trust us and don't worry about it. I mean, this is a pattern of behavior by the FBI that would suggest there's been a cover up for many years with respect to the Biden influence peddling.
1: Did you just say that the whistleblower <laughs> or the informant is
5: now missing?
4: Oh, you morons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, we we're hopeful that we can find the informant. Now, oh, remember, these informants oh are, judgment are day. The, yeah, the, the judgment day. Business. <laughs> So uh, they don't make a habit of uh, being seen a lot or, or being high profile or anything like that. Come on, Maria, uh, you know better than ask me hard questions with respect to what the informant has alleged. And it's very serious. It alleges it's very serious uh, that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, was involved in a quid pro quo with a foreign country. Uh, in exchange for, for four and eight. Okay, you hear hearing about this? We, we can kill it there. You,
0: we, we, saying Joe Biden, Yikes. when he wasn't president, was getting money from a foreign government, mm. sort of like Donald Trump yep. for the last 40 years. <laughs> now, morons, I want you to lean in closely and try not to drool on your SiriusXM radio. I'm talking, of course, to the Breitbart listeners who occasionally listen to our show, or the Patriot oh, listeners. they ha- hate listening. Oh, they hate listening. Oh, God. And so it makes sense. I get it. Look, you know. if you're a Trump supporter... Listening to SiriusXM XM progress until you become so outraged at the morality and intellect that your heart rate goes up that counts as cardio for these people. So on kink shame they, they've been yeah. they've been trying to drag you along for a long time. Also, they, they were going to take down Obama because, you know, mm. the whole probe of Trump's ties to Russia. Remember, Donald Trump said that was a complete witch hunt and we're going to investigate the investigation. And they've been doing that. They've been doing it for four years. They've been doing it twice as long as Robert Mueller was actually investigating (laughs) Trump's ties to Russia. They've been investigating Robert Mueller's investigation of Trump's ties to Russia. And Merrick Garland came in. He said, go ahead, keep on doing what you're doing. Because again, if Merrick Garland said, this is some stone bullshit and I'm Mm -hmm. cutting it off, right wing white men would have cried victim, which is their favorite thing to do. But now the report from special counsel John Durham has finally come out. Today, and I know you've waited years for this, MagaLand, and it accuses the FBI of having a double standard for aggressively probing ties between Russia and Trump's 2016 presidential campaign while really, you know, not not digging deep enough into similar claims about foreigners trying to influence Hillary Clinton six years ago. And that's it. Four years, $7 million, 306-page report criticizing the FBI's handling of the Trump-Russia probe as deeply flawed. Now, let me take it back. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Remember back in the old days, Natalia, when yes. Trump was president, and he said, John Durham is going to reveal the crime of the century. He said, <laughs> Bill, Bill Barr has picked John Durham, the yeah, crime of the century. What have they had in four years? They had two people who were charged with the FBI who were found not guilty by their juries, mm-hmm. but it's crime of the century. A million dollars, many years, investigating Trump and Russia. He found some Republican... Crimes. One guy got probation. But the bottom line is, at the at the end of the day, is the report is this. I got nothing but her emails. <laughs> That's the report. That's what you got, morons. He proved nothing wow. anywhere in court. He proved nothing in court. Okay. Shocking. And now remember, a couple of years ago, he had the draft interim report. Bill Barr was pushing him to release a report before 2020 because Bill Barr, who's so... Corrupt. Bill Barr's covered up more shit than cat litter. Mm. Uh, Bill Barr made him release it early, and Durham's deputy, Nora danahy at the time, denounced the draft for taking disputed information at face value. And she sent colleagues a memo saying how this was fraudulent, and she resigned. And then a couple months ago in January, the New York Times published this devastating portrait of John Durham's four year probe into the origins of the FBI investigation, this right wing media obsession. The Times found I quote from January, the Durham inquiry became roiled by internal dissent and ethical disputes as it went unsuccessfully down one path after another. It all came up on empty handed. So ultimately, this guy Durham charged three people with federal crimes. None of them were famous names. A former FBI lawyer did plead guilty to falsifying an email and he got probation. That's it. That's it. That's what you got. $7 million four years. A former Dear Hillary lawyer. Clinton campaign lawyer and a Russian national were separately charged with lying to the FBI, both found not guilty by juries. No one's going to jail. It's almost like they just, you know, it's
1: all- a really sick obsession that they're never going to you know, it scratch that itch.
0: It's worse than a sick obsession. It's a sick distraction. Yes. That's yeah. all it ever was. Again, Look over here, They folks. spent six and a half million to get a low-level FBI lawyer fired. He got 400 Jesus. hours of community service. There you go, MAGA. That's your victory. Mm, mm-hmm. Got one conviction. Uh, uh, one for three. That's good in baseball. Again, they found no illegality. Dear Lord. No malfeasance, no ethical violations, nothing. So the only reason for this entire thing was to obstruct and interfere with the Mueller process. David Rothkopf tweeted earlier today, the Russia probe was essential. The Russia probe should have been undertaken. Trump obstructed it. Mueller blinked. Barr put his thumb on the scale and the true corruption behind Trump-Russia ties was never accurately revealed. Mueller and Hillary Clinton and the FBI have been exonerated today, MAGA. No charges. Durham did get paid taxpayer money for doing nothing, and that was always the plan. It's almost like this was an elaborate misdirect from Donald Trump's 10 documented obstructions of justice that are revealed in part two of the Mueller report. And, you know, they can fold this thing because, like Benghazi, they're not using Mm -hmm. it anymore. Yeah. They haven't needed it. They need a hero.
1: They really do. And it's, the thing is that this day. is not going to even change any of their perspectives at all. The it's, Durham report's a
0: bust. Yeah. And, and James Comer's investigation is a bust. But at least they have former mayor of New York, Rudolph Julie Andrews. Oh, now, God. last week, we talked about how E. Jean Carroll, our friend, was able to take yes. Trump to court because of the hard work for years of activists who gave us the New York Adult Survivors Act. We talked about this a lot. It allows you to go way beyond the previous statute of limitations. Which it is It this year. It's great, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, You know what happened today. You heard about it on the train, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I saw that.
0: Former employee of Rudy Giuliani, friend of the show,
1: Uh, uh, is
0: suing him for $10 million under the New York Adult Survivors Act for rape, sexual harassment. It's stomach churning. The lawsuit's insane. She alleges unlawful abuses of power, wide ranging sexual assault and harassment, wage theft, Uh, Other misconduct like he steals someone's Netflix password. It's 70 page complaint. It was filed in January. But now the complaint today is a lot more detail accusations that Giuliani forced her to have oral sex and intercourse and a lot about his sexual preferences and the revelation that she recorded some of their interactions. What? Wow. Let's talk about that. Wow. Her name is Noelle Dumphy. She's my new hero. She began working for him in 2019. He allegedly began abusing her immediately. She said he would often go on alcohol-drenched rants that included racist, sexist, and anti-Semitic remarks. I mentioned those recordings, right? Yes. Okay, okay.
1: Oh my God,
0: Natalia, do you want the do you want the nasty details or the very you nasty
1: know what details? you know how I roll? Yes, give me the nasty. Here's details. Here's just
0: the nasty ones first, and I'll give okay. you the very. Let me light a cigarette. Chronic alcoholism. She said he was rarely sober. He drank all day and all night, and it became one of her main jobs to fetch his alcohol and make sure he was a functioning alcoholic. Oh, That's in God. the lawsuit. Uh, a week after she started work, Giuliani had her flown to New York to stay in an apartment. They drank. Eventually, he pulled her head onto his penis without asking for or obtaining any form of consent. Oh. He held her by her hair. It became too clear to Ms. Dumphy there was no way out of giving him oral sex. Mm-hmm. She did so against her will. He promised her a million dollars annual salary and then said the pay would be deferred and her employment kept secret until he finalized his divorce from his crazy ex-wife. He ultimately... She's crazy. Never paid her. Wow. He didn't pay her. And he would make her work, often make her work naked, make her work in a bikini or tiny short shorts with an American flag. During remote work calls, yes, he would make her remove her clothes. He would call her while he was in bed. He would touch himself. It's only 70 pages. Um, He made it clear that satisfying his sexual demands, which came virtually anytime, anywhere, was an absolute requirement of employment. And he also took Viagra constantly while working with Miss Dunphy. This is how we met. Giuliani would look at this point to his erect penis and tell her he could not do any work until you take care of this. Oh. But imagine it in his voice until you take care of this. In one instance, he promised her he would give her 300 grand if she would forego her legal rights in connection with her case and, quote, fuck me like crazy. This statement was recorded. Wow. Now, do you want to hear the really bad stuff?
1: The, the, there's, it gets worse?
0: Oh, no. That oh, okay. was just the bad stuff. Okay. Bring he, it,
1: John.
0: Uh, there mean? are two, for me, two bombshell allegations. You knew Giuliani was a pig if you watched Borat too. Yes. But in February of 2019, he told her their plan that if Trump lost the election, they would claim voter fraud. In wow. 2019, okay. he said the team would claim there was voter fraud and that Trump actually won. Bigger than that, wow. he told her that he was selling pardons for 2 million dollars each which he and Trump would split she has recordings and emails he said you don't know anyone needs a pardon it's 2 million Trump and I split it a million apiece. and so send me people looking for pardons not the normal channel of the office of pardon attorney uh, she has recordings of this she also has 23,000 Rudy Giuliani emails
1: because oh my he's an idiot he put um, it in writing he
0: put it all in writing
1: okay and he's a lawyer
0: yeah. yeah was, uh, uh, New York bar, your serve. I mean, it's done, right? Yeah. it's, it's done. Uh,
1: There's no way that he can come back from that.
0: Nope. No. We've nope. known for a long time that he's done. But now we know he's he's Ooh. he's not going to just walk he's away cooked. anymore. He's no. not going to just walk away.
1: No, apparently he can't walk away because he has a hard on all the time.
0: Exactly. To and Lord. drunk. Oh, so, again, God. guys, James Comer, the informant, total lie, big bust. The yeah. Durham report, four years, big bust, nothing. Hunter Biden's laptop, nothing. The Kraken conspiracy, all, nothing. <laughs> Trump was charged with 34 felony counts. That's true. He was found liable for mm-hmm. sexual abuse. That's true. Jared Kushner got $2 billion from the Saudis. So you see my point, Natalia. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they need a hero.
1: They got nothing, man.
0: Well, you know what they have? A Wh- good what? Samaritan. Oh. <laughs> so here's the worst thing of all. On Friday... Former Marine Daniel Penny was indicted mm-hmm. here in New York on second-degree manslaughter charges for murdering a man in the subway, Jordan Neely, who passengers said was making noise in the car. There, Give, and go is this fake Christian fundraising site that's reached over $2 million. And all these conservative luminaries are plugging the fundraiser, like, uh, like podcaster Tim Poole who oh, used to have a soul tim used to go to uh, occupy wall street he used to support bernie but then he realized i can get paid by selling abortion There's money beer to Roots. he wrote i just donated twenty thousand dollars to daniel penny's defense fund penny is the subway good samaritan and we're lucky to have brave souls like him who are willing to do the right thing okay just so you know i don't what? know if you know the bible a good samaritan offers aid not mm-hmm. death penny's a killer the national police association NY Subway, Good Samaritan, Daniel Penny, held head high, shoulders back. Bragg has stopped Good Samaritans from stopping criminals. Penny's defense fund is here. And then there's Ron DeSantis, who tweeted, Mm. We must defeat the Soros-funded DAs, stop the left's pro-criminal agenda, tank back the streets for law-abiding citizens. We stand with Good Samaritans like Daniel Penny. Let's show this Marine America's got his back. All three of them, using one of the oldest parables we know from the Gospel of Luke. Tale of the Good Samaritan. You know, I'm going to go Bible here, right? Of course, you are. Okay. Uh, I
1: I respect it. I can't
0: tell you how fucked up this is. Mm -hmm. The the Good Samaritan helps the person having problems. Mm -hmm. He is not the person who kills the person having problems because the problems make other people uncomfortable on the train. In the story, this lawyer or expert in law asks Jesus, What do I have to do for eternal life? And Jesus says, Shit, bro, you know my two commandments. And he goes, Yeah, you you know, I got to love God and love my neighbor. Jesus is like, You got it. You're all set. And then the guy says, uh to jesus who is my neighbor jesus tells what's come to be known as the good samaritan he's, he's, he says you know the guy was beaten by robbers left on the side of the road two people ignored him a jewish guy and a levite both ignored him but a samaritan came along saved his life took him to get aid paid for his health care jesus is like who who who, who was the one who, who was the good neighbor and the guy says the one who showed mercy jesus says go and do likewise jesus never says try to kill that motherfucker just as go and help <laughs> the person who's struggling man beaten, left to die on the side of the road. Jewish priests and a Levite pass him by. Now, you'd you think that one of those guys would have done it. But he, here's why it's a brilliant story, because the Samaritans were hated by the Hebrews. In the previous chapter, Luke 9, a Samaritan village refuses to give food and shelter for Jesus. And the apostles say, hey, can we rain down fire from heaven? And Jesus is like, no, fuck you. We're going to move mm-hmm. on. A little later, they ask this, who's, who's my neighbor's story? And he tells this whole story. You know, he could have said, you know, the good, the good fisherman, the good tax collector, the good undertaker... But he chose Samaritan for a reason, because that's who the Jews were supposed to hate. And that's why it's brilliant. He, he could have made the Jew the hero. Yep. Would have made sense. He didn't do that. He took someone that you're supposed to de- He took a despised foreign minority and said, that is who the good neighbor is, not the one who looks like you. So if Daniel Penny was a good Samaritan, he would have offered Whew. Jordan Neely nearly uh, food and drink, would have yeah. offered a medical care, not crushed his windpipe. Samaritans were the lowest of society. And even a low status person would step up and help his oppressor. Yeah. Jesus chooses the Samaritan to be the hero because he's the most unlikely one to be the hero. He's a mortal enemy. By making the Samaritan the good guy, Jesus talks about how our neighborhood is always as valuable and as good as your love is. And it's love of the less fortunate, not love of the people who are being inconvenienced because the less fortunate's making noise because he's going through a fit. If Daniel Penny was a good Samaritan. He would have recognized this man had a mental health episode. Mm -hmm. He would have calmed him down. He would have diffused the situation, tried to get him treated. He would not have choked him to death. These people are praising him because he provided comfort for those on the subway who didn't care about the suffering person. Guys, I'll stop with this. The Good Samaritan in the Bible sees a sick person discarded by society and provides them with care out of pocket. The come up from behind the mentally ill homeless guy's back and choke him until you crush his windpipe Samaritan does not appear in the Jesus parts. And if there's one thing we know about right wing people, they don't actually read the Jesus parts. No, no. Here end the lesson.
1: That, that, no, I mean, that's the hypocrisy is what they s- seem to have really dialed in on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's literally the only lawbreaker,
0: tr- the only lawbreaker on the train. Oh, is being called the Good Samaritan. Exactly, the only person that put his hands on anyone else is being called the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm.
1: The one that actually, you know, if he wanted to subdue him, he was a Marine. He knew how to subdue somebody, and he took it to the nth degree and killed him. And he knew that what he knew what he was doing. He had to have known what he was doing was going to end the way it did. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and what what breaks my heart is. But
0: even if he didn't, he knew he was allowed to do it. Yeah. Because who's going to care about this homeless black man?
1: Yeah. And he was a you know a, a tall, strapping white Marine, so he knew that he was going to be scot free. That's it. And that's the problem. And um yeah, there's nothing about there's nothing good Samaritan about this man whatsoever. I mean, if if he was truly a good Samaritan, then he would still
0: be alive. Party of law and order. Yeah. I mean, the Republicans are now actually saying the hero here is the guy who took the law to his own hands and killed somebody.
1: Mhm. Yeah. It's, I'm not surprised. Well, I, I do a, a bit about, I mean, even uh, homosexuality and, you know, uh, Christian conservatives that say, you know, homosexuality, it's just not natural. Yeah. You know, it's an abomination in the face of the Lord. And it's, nope, actually, uh, it's definitely n- not that. Uh, in fact, I, I like to use their own logic to break it down because if you look at the Bible, and I went to parochial school my whole life, Uh, one thing they drive home is that God created every last one of us mm-hmm. in his image. And so if this same God created, you know, Lance oh, yeah. Basque, Burton, Ernie, Wanda Sykes, the entire cast of Queer Eye, and Lindsey Graham. Mm-hmm. Then guess what? God is hella gay. Uh, <laughs> by your own logic, and uh, you know, I mean, he's, if John Waters put Brokeback Mountain on on ice, starring Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> Johnny Weir, and the Purple Teletubby, still not as gay as your God. <laughs> exactly. So Ron DeSantis trying to just make it disappear by outlawing the use of the word gay is really not getting the idea that, you know, uh, guess what? Straight people are the biggest producers of gay people. Exactly so uh, right. what you, maybe you should start by just say, outlawing. If you, if
0: you don't like gay people, take it up with the manufacturer because yeah, exactly. he keeps making them in every society that's ever kept records. And you can't follow the Jesus character and still be a homophobe. We got to yeah. take a break. You're going to really stay with us for the for the yeah, Okay, you. great. The great Jessica Mason Peeklo of Rewire News Group joins us when we come back. We actually have a little bit of good news amidst all the reproductive rights outrage. We are at 866-997-4748. We're going to get to all your calls tonight. This is progress.
6: <sighs> the
3: comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to Carvana.
7: So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do.
0: Later on in the show, it's a conversation with Congresswoman Bonnie Watson Coleman, where we talk about why can't they just go ahead and add more justices to the Supreme Court? Because you know what? They've done it before. It should be reflecting the amount of judges on the circuit court. It doesn't. There's reasons why they could do it. Uh, it's the kind of bravery we want to see from this president. And it's the kind of bravery I've gotten used to with our next guest who I'm a big fan of. Jessica Mason Peaklow is Senior Vice President and Executive Editor for Rewire News Group. And she's also the host of Rewire News Group's wonderful signature podcast, Boom Lawyered with Amani Gandhi, also known in social media as Angry Black Lady. To you lot, you might know Jessica from her handle, Hegemami. Now, Rewire News Group, if you don't know, is a terrific 501c3 nonprofit media org and the only national publication exclusively dedicated to reporting on reproductive and sexual health rights and justice. Natalia, I'm, I'm a big fanboy of this lady. I'm going to embarrass myself. I am, now. too,
1: right now. Oh, my Please, goodness.
0: welcome wow. back to the show, Jessica Mason Piccolo. Hello.
3: Oh, my gosh. Hello. Thank you. What an introduction. This is an absolute delight. Thank you for having me back.
0: Hey, it's Monday and our Supreme Court's full of miscreants and paid (laughs) shills and and, and scumbags. So it's a great time to celebrate. I I just don't even know what to do anymore, Jessica. This this particular Supreme Court, it's like I kind of feel like if we find 20 more devastatingly corrupt things they've done, maybe we'll get a committee to investigate maybe doing something. But otherwise, it just seems like the greatest hits keep piling up between. Thomas and Gorsuch and Thomas and Roberts and Thomas. It, it, it's its just getting to be ridiculous. Again, these are the people who took rights away from women. And, and of the six people that did it, five of them perjured themselves. And those five also were all appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. This, this court's mm-hmm. losing all its legitimacy.
3: It really is. And I mean, you know, the scandal upon scandal upon scandal is bad enough. But then to have the response from Democrats be the equivalent of a strongly worded letter right? is very <laughs> disappointing.
0: Oh, I'm so tired of it. These, I, I mean, God bless the Democrats. But it's like, oh, if things get much worse, we might have to appoint a committee to discuss appointing a task force to discuss possible solutions down the road. It's just kicking the cans and kicking the cans. And, and I mean, people are paying attention to these stories. Clarence Thomas's corruption mm-hmm. is demonstrable. Mm-hmm.
3: it it is and i mean it's it's laughable and they're getting away with it because they're counting on democrats in charge not doing anything they know the republicans won't do anything i mean that's part of the game but they're absolutely counting on the democrats just saying well geez this seems really bad and the reality is is we have lifetime appointees ruling on cases that they have no interest in where family members have a direct financial benefit. I mean, the the amount of money that Ginny Thomas has herself collected, I think we're just starting to scratch the surface on that. I mean, it's literally bags of cash over to the Thomases. It's comical if it wasn't also so dangerous to our democracy.
0: And I mean, how is there any kind of recourse? I think the one theme, and we've discussed this before, that we've gotten from this entire brouhaha, is that the American Supreme Court has no accountability at mm-hmm. all. No, I mean, 100%. Chris Van Hollen's trying to get cut a deal where, you know, the, the, the Appropriations Committee will fund the Supreme Court if they agree to take on an ethics rule and the Republicans won't even allow a vote on that. It's just right. there's rigged and then there's this. And I mean, even even with a president like Trump, when you can't get him out of office, there's still at least a system to get him out of office. There's no system other than impeachment, which would never happen with this Congress and the needs for a, a, a two thirds majority.
3: Mm hmm. Oh, I mean, you know, we could also have President Biden and the Democrats taking advantage of a bully pulpit now and really making the case for widespread court reform beyond just the Supreme Court mm-hmm. as well. I mean, you know, Planned Parenthood just recently came out in favor of Supreme Court expansion, joining several other. Uh, organizations that have already done so. This should be a major part of the Democratic platform going into the presidential election because there's not a single progressive policy priority that has any chance of survival given the federal courts as they are. And the federal courts were bought and stolen. That's one of the things that we're learning for in this Supreme Court scandal is, you know, and it's not just the Supreme Court. Matt Kizmarek the judge in Texas who issued the completely bananas uh, mifepristone abortion pill ruling, he was sworn in with Harlan Crow right there. Right there. So it goes deep <sighs> and it goes far. And Mitch McConnell has been spearheading this since the Obama years. And it's time that Democrats wise up and understand this power game.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, it kind of seems like they're starting to because... We got some really good news on reproductive rights this week. And predictably, Mm -hmm. it it, it made no attention at all. Donald Trump bragging about taking reproductive rights away on CNN got a lot more press Mm -hmm. than the FDA committee hearings. I mean, we're about to we're, we're on the verge, Jessica, it seems, of actually having over the counter birth control pills in this country.
3: Right. Right. We're not used to or we're not accustomed to having good news when it comes to reproductive rights and access in this country. But this is really, truly historic. We are. I mean, 100 countries already have some kind of hormonal uh, birth control over the counter. um, And the United States is on the verge of joining them. And this could really, particularly at a time when reproductive health um, is under such widespread attack um, in states across the country, This could for, you know, could really change at least the conversation at a minimum, if not be pretty revolutionary in terms of access for folks.
0: I know that May 9th last week was, of course. Billy Joel's birthday, we celebrate around here, but it was also uh, uh, (laughs) Free the Pill Day, which is the anniversary of the first approval of the birth control pill. And it's kind of amazing that it's taken 63 years and we're only now just beginning to talk about people being able to buy it without a prescription. It
3: really is. And even that those hearings, the day and a half of FDA committee hearings, that outcome wasn't guaranteed. I mean, the vote turned out to be unanimous, which is a huge relief and also should have been a no brainer, given the science um, that backs uh, bringing the pill over the counter. But given the nonsense and the politicization around reproductive health care and the agency, the FDA in particular, by cons- conservatives nobody really knew what was going to happen there were a lot of questions about whether or not the attacks on abortion pills were going to overshadow the way that the FDA committee conducted its hearings and by all accounts it was a bunch of grown-ups doing their jobs
1: and what a breath of fresh air that was Dear Lord, right. how unexpected That's really,
0: <laughs> I mean is, oh, it, is, it, is it true that with this 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 Pill, it's it's Opil uh, is the name of the mm-hmm. pill is it true that the the main ingredient of this pill has already been approved since nineteen seventy three we've yes. known it's safe for half a century
3: yes. Yes. Um, do not accuse the Food and Drug Administration of moving quickly <laughs> on anything ever. Yeah, truly. But it. But the science has been there. Um, the United States really has been slow to adopt these standards compared to countries overseas. And right. This is yeah. just a really, a really nice breath of fresh air and a small step in the right direction, given the widespread. Truly humanitarian crisis that we have in this country right now is a result of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade last summer.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to just say real quickly. I, I worked in Panama. I studied spider monkeys there, like mm. one does, and uh, <laughs> I, you know, uh, but I remember my OBGYN, I was about to leave, and he was like, "Let me get, you, let me prescribe you some birth control." I said, "No, no, 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 no. I, I don't need it. I, you know, I have a boyfriend. I don't. We're, I'm not going to see him." And he goes, "No, no, no. Let me, let me get you this." And And I I didn't fill it. And I was like, damn it. Because when I got there, the boyfriend and I broke up. I ended up dating someone else. And I was like, oh, crap. And I went to a pharmacy and over the counter. Easy peasy. Uh No big deal. Catholic country, you know, Mm -hmm. readily available. Granted, it was Yaz and it made me a little bit bonkers. But still. Uh, You know, just goes to show you, you, 2010, easy over-the-counter in a Catholic country.
0: I mean, Jessica, 82% of of women in the U.S. have used the birth control pill at some point. Mm -hmm. And and we know that the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the American Academy of Family Physicians all support over-the-counter hormonal contraceptives. Mm -hmm. Why why has it taken half a century? Is it just money?
3: Uh, um, I mean... Some of it's money. I I do think some of it is the fact that we do. I mean, we are a puritanical country. Yeah. Women's be thinking too much. Women's
0: women's be thinking too much. It seems if they don't
3: have babies.
1: They can get jobs.
0: That's it.
3: Exactly. And even, you know, even in the hearings, as well run as they were, we heard some of these concerns. And I mean, this is not necessarily new. Uh, You know, the concerns will sound very familiar because it's like, what's to stop the teenagers from getting? Their hands on the pills and using them irresponsibly. Oh, I mean, yeah, a What's lot the, of a, how do you use birth control yeah,
0: pills irresponsibly? They're not Tide Pods,
1: <laughs> right? What's the right? stop these
0: kids for making us <laughs> premature grandparents? It's I'm horrible. I'm going to boof some uh, over the counter birth controls.
3: <laughs> I mean, truly, but but just that level of um, you know pearl clutching, and again that sense of uh really just you know i mean uh, it's a puritan it's a it's a puritanical yeah. concern around sexuality generally like this this country is still very backwards when it about the way that it approaches sex and um its byproducts well i think i think role.
0: i think you're being a little generous cuz it's very backwards <laughs> about about what it considers to be backwards we just watched on yeah. cnn last week President grabbing by the pussy, getting Uh. laughs, getting laughs over rape, getting Mm -hmm. like like Mm -hmm. they thought, how will he handle being found liable in this sexual abuse case? And he handles it by making an audience of supporters laugh at the woman he abused. It just seems like every time it starts to get a little better, we're reminded that it's it's this bad and it's not about Puritanism. In many cases, it's about being a thug who pretends to be a Puritan
3: yeah you won't get much argument from me there because truly what a low point that was and the campaign is just kicking off so i anticipate it'll probably get lower but you know the The CNN town hall was abysmal. And I think, you know, really contrasting that with the with the FDA hearings and knowing that later this week, there's the Fifth Circuit arguments on those abortion pill lawsuits that we are Mm -hmm. still really in a moment of reckoning in this country after the Dobbs decision.
0: Let's talk about that, because this week, as you pointed out, we're going to know a bit more about the Texas hearing. On Mifepristone. Now, again, we talked about how there are many levels of fuckery here. This was a, a, a right to life activist, not a judge. The former host of Celebrity Apprentice got to become president, even though most Americans voted against him. And he made this guy a judge. And then a group went judge shopping all over Texas to find someone who would criminalize this drug that has been legal for 50 years. They found this jackass in Amarillo and they're really trying to do it. They're trying to take away women's right to medication abortion in all 50 states after telling us they just wanted it to go back to the state level. We've talked about how ridiculous this case is. But, Jessica, as you know, being in the wrong doesn't matter anymore in this country. It matters who has the power. Are you yeah. worried that they may actually have some success with this?
3: I'm exceptionally worried. I mean, this case should have been laughed out of the courts in the instance. The fact that we are even having appellate arguments On uh, whether or not the FDA overreached its authority when it approved mifepristone for sale, and not only that, but whether or not a a law from the Victorian era um, can be resurrected as a way to try and ban mailing any supplies to abortion clinics across the country. I mean, that's truly what they're what they're trying to argue here is you know a backdoor way to to ban or to try and shut down clinics in protected states as well. We should not be here, but we are. And this week we will have three judges, two of whom were Trump appointed. One's a Bush appointee. Um, he, take these arguments under serious consideration. And I have nothing but empathy uh, and admiration for the attorneys who will be there from the Biden administration and honestly, the attorneys who will be there from the pharmaceutical industry who will do their job as advocates, put on a good faith argument to a bunch of clowns. But because that's it. That's what's going to happen. But
0: that's what terrifies me. I mean, this is a right wing group that was well funded and they went to Amarillo because they knew there was only one judge there. So they knew who would be deciding their case. And what scares me beyond this is these aren't Christian people. They're religious extremists. They don't give a rat's ass what's actually in the Bible. But (laughs) this to me is like the slippery slope for more religious extremists to go finding Judge shopping where they can ban vaccines they don't like yeah, off yeah. the market if they want. They're literally trying to take their superstition and get life-saving medication banned.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and we should put a, a human face on the they. I mean, one of the most important figures behind this lawsuit is Aaron Hawley, Josh Hawley's wife. Yep. Uh, Thank you. She was intricately involved with the Dobbs uh, case as well, bringing the the lawsuit that eventually got Roe versus Wade overturned. So as much as there are folks who still want to sort of laugh these uh, tactics and these lawsuits out and say, oh, this is just, you know, this is too extreme or this won't ever happen. I just would remind folks that that's what we we were hearing when the court took up the Dobbs case as well. And now we are with Roe versus Wade overturned with Planned Parenthood versus Casey overturned and with a potential Supreme Court case again on abortion next term. Should this case go the way that folks think it will?
0: So let me ask you about that last thing there. What are you looking at with the Supreme Court in terms of what's coming up on their docket? What's giving you the most concern?
3: Oh, man. I mean, democracy, <laughs> like, <laughs> truly, okay. we, we, you know, we have Moore versus Harper, which is, you know, the independent state legislature theory. And there's an open question whether or not the Supreme Court is actually going to decide it. But that is a, a decision that really has uh, far reaching implications in terms of the way that states manage elections. And we know that conservatives are champing at the bit to further and completely rig the elections that they can. Democrats never legitimately win elections as far as conservatives are concerned. Course, and they're going to yeah. make sure that the rules reflect that where they can. And Moore versus Harper is one of the cases at the Supreme Court that would help them go a long way toward towards that. Then there's the bundle of cases that cha- that's challenging race based affirmative action uh, policies in this country, because truly we're at a moment where the attacks on public education are so widespread and such an important part of the conservative agenda yeah. to maintain power and these attacks these cases at the supreme court are part of it um and we don't get that folded in as much as well then there's a case out of colorado and i love where i live but man um we bring some my state has some doozies that comes up to the supreme court called 303 creatives and this is a case that could potentially grant business owners a license to discriminate against lgbtq couples based on a religious objection to same-sex marriage which we just all know is garbage right that's just you know they're they're dressed up uh homophobia and and um bigotry. But this case is wild because it's a woman who is a wedding website designer and she doesn't actually design websites for gay and lesbian, same sex couples, uh, but she might one day in the future. And so that's the basis of her legal complaint.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Jessica, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your heroic work at Rewire News Group?
3: Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter as long as that place is still around over uh, at, <laughs> at Hegemami. Um, I also write the uh, the uh, Rewire News Group uh, newsletter called The Fallout, so you can subscribe mm. to that. And then you were kind enough to mention um, the podcast that I, I do with my lovely co-host, uh, Monty Candy. That's Boom Lawyered. And that's wherever you find your podcasts.
0: Thank you so much, Jessica. It's always a great pleasure to have you. you. And, awesome. Uh, please keep coming back because uh, it's going to be a very crazy, very crazy summer. Oh,
3: you're stuck with me. All right, good. I love it. We
0: got to take a quick break. When we come back, Reagan, you sticking around with me? Okay. When we come back, your calls at 866-997-4748 and me thanking you for being so patient on hold all that time. We'll be right back.
3: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car.
0: Hey, I'm John Fugelsang, joined by the great Natalia Reagan. Thanks for sitting in with us tonight. Oh, of course. It's so nice to have you joining us. Thank you. Listen, I want to play a really quick clip, and we're going to get to your Mm -hmm. phone calls. Here's Joe Biden today, giving his commencement address at Howard University, opining on the soul of the nation. Contrast this with what the other guy said on CNN the other night. Here's Biden.
7: What is the soul of a nation? Well, I believe the soul is the breath, the life, the essence of who we are. The soul makes us us. The soul of America is what makes us unique among all nations. We're the only country founded on an idea, not geography, not religion, not ethnicity, but an idea. The sacred proposition rooted in Scripture and enshrined in the Declaration of Independence that we're all created equal in the image of God and deserve to be treated equally throughout our lives. While we've never fully lived up to that promise, we never before fully walked away from it. We know that American history has not always been a fairy tale. From the start, it's been a constant push and pull for more than 240 years between the best of us, the American ideal that we're all created equal, and the worst of us, a harsh reality that racism, has long torn us apart it's a battle that's never really over but on the best days enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up for the best in us oh meanwhile on fox we can't find our
0: whistleblower oh god
1: (laughs) Had a good day for Republicans.
0: You know what? I'll take Joe Biden on his worst day. Mm -hmm. He wasn't my first choice, not my second choice, not my third (laughs) choice. But like, Natalia, my life is defending Joe Biden so much now. (laughs) And I'm very comfortable doing it because it's really easy to do.
1: They make it very easy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cake-
1: well, <laughs> I almost said cakewalk, but then I realized, no, I can't say cakewalk because mm. I did that, and shit you can't say. That's right. Why see? can't we say
0: cakewalk? Oh, because, because it comes back from the minstrel shows. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, see, mm-hmm. I'm learning. See,
1: I'm, and I am too.
0: Uh, Bill in New Jersey has a question about a shit you can't say word. Bill, oh, uh, we're, we're not doing shit you can't say tonight, but you're allowed to ask a question about the segment. Yes. Welcome.
8: Okay, then I don't have to talk about it. Go oh. ahead. What's <laughs> your question? Uh, no. no, I was going to say the word wasp. Mm. I've always been sort of bothered by that one because the Protestants were in the majority here and everything, so it was okay to call them that. But I don't know what else to say, and I don't know if that's offensive. Wasp.
1: Uh, I mean, it's... I don't think it's as. Of, I mean, it's, I think it can be offensive, and it, it has been offensive, and it has been used as a derogatory term.
0: I guess, uh, it, j- but we, traditionally, it's just a way of describing white Anglo-Saxon pros- Protestants, yes. and plenty of wasps use the term.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and it's one that. Yeah, I, I've.
0: Used... I can't say it because I'm Catholic.
1: No, but exactly. a wasp can say mm-hmm. that term. I they just can, can say refer it. to themselves as a wasp. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's, and also a lot of the, the terms that I've come up with have been those that have been historically marginalized people, you know, mm-hmm. either uh, indigenous or black Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when you look at like, for instance, it's the idea of that there's no such thing as reverse racism, you know, uh, racism <laughs> relies on a power dynamic. And, yeah. you know, uh, the majority can't say, oh, you know, you're being racist against me. It doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah. Reverse um, racism, reverse yeah, racism. Not, Te- but technically, wouldn't that mean being nice to people who are different than you? That's what reverse racism means. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, when there, you can it, make it hard for a white person to get a cab, then you've achieved racism, I guess. There you go yeah
1: uh yeah uh, but no, I mean, it's an interesting question. i I'll, I'll, I'll dive deeper when uh, oh, okay. I'm back in l a. Also
0: yes.
8: I've always been offended because it was a high school thing to talk about a platonic relationship. I think unless you're a scientist or in the military, you people usually talk like people to people with emotions and stuff. Does that make
0: sense? No, what's the problem with the term platonic relationship?:
8: Because people don't speak in platonic ways. They don't talk like they're computers. Every word has an inflection, everything. We're, we're,
0: but we're talking about Plato, who spoke about, you know, the virtues of, of well, non-sexual that, friendship. Yeah, he's an asshole, though. But uh, <laughs> well, Why? Why? Because he played with little boys? Come on. Now today you know, there's a toy, little boys play with Plato. and <laughs> Plato played with little yeah, boys. Well, <laughs> I have an answer I'm for so everything. Yeah.
8: But, all right, anyway, I think it's uh, right to make fun of Ted Cruz because he has Peroni's brain.
0: Peroni's what? Brain?
8: Peroni's brain. He's like bent.
0: Yeah. Yes, you can do that. Right.
1: That's- I you know, oh. I think I mean that and his great ability to run anytime that there's uh, you know mm-hmm.
8: shit hits okay. the fan, one, he one runs off to exactly. Mexico. One last thing. Do you think that it's right to use cadavers to show what a, one of those assault rifles will uh, do to a body?
0: You just spent all day thinking these hypotheticals waiting for someone to pick up the phone at SiriusXM, don't you? Is that a
8: you know? hypothetical? Yeah. Or is it worth
0: considering? I think it's actually true. I think they should. I think yeah. we should see. I think, you know what? I would donate my own cadaver yep. and let someone blow right. it apart with an AR-15. Right. Because that's probably the best oh. screen credit I would ever get. That would go viral.
1: It would be, beat CSI, that's for sure. Seriously. My friend just saw that, by the well, what, way. My CSI? Yeah, he saw your, very your dead, dead body. very yeah. dead
0: mm-hmm.
8: yeah. Would it be better, though, that's to sexy. shoot a fetus in the bottle?
0: What? What that looks like? Excuse me, hey? What Bill,
8: to, to use a assault weapon to shoot a fetus in a bottle.
0: I think you should do that and you should film it and let the cops know One where to moment. find you. OK, thank you, Bill. There we go. 866-997-4748. <laughs> CJ in Texas. Tell me everything about Daniel Penny's GoFundMe and, and purge my mind oh my of God. other imagery.
6: This Bill to me. <laughs> I'm that guy. Wow. Right. Yep. Yeah,
0: that's OK. Let's yes. let's let's lighten it up now by talking about subway strangling, shall we?
6: Well, I got a question. What do two Daniels, a Kyle and a George, have in common? What? They all shot people that are black. Yeah. And they're all being lauded by the right.
0: That's it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Did Kyle, did Kyle, wait, wait, did, guy, guy, did Kyle, did Kyle kill a black person? Well, he shot a well, person in the Black Lives Matter. Uh, Life, right. Um, but I think Kyle Kyle just shot I, a couple of white guys, there. I think. But yeah. yeah and then, of course, you know, look, this this guy now, Daniel Penny, he's the hero of George Zimmerman Island. I mean, that's what it's about. Right, sure is. <gasps> Again, look at cops and, and killing. So the, Look so at cops killing idea, Philando dude. Castile. Look at cops mm-hmm. killing Freddie Gray. Look at all the different people killed by cops. And then you have one black cop who shoots one white person who's literally exactly. trying to attack our capital. And suddenly, oh, the president called the cop a thug. I mean, it's just it's so stark. It's so nakedly racist. Future generations are not going to have any debate about where people were on what side during this. I mean,
6: listening, listen to the, the president talk other night. It's almost like watching puppies drawn in syrup. Yeah,
0: it, it mm-hmm. was just—it was just so redundantly freaking stupid. It's—it's it's dystopia to its fullest. Yeah. Um, Definitely. And by the way, by the way, I, I I don't think he can become president a third time. I know I could be wrong. I know I could oh, be apologizing, wrong. but <laughs> after January sixth, that there's no way that guy's going to be more popular than he was Election Day 2020. It's not going to happen.
6: Mm. I think I think what's breaking a lot of more people up now is I don't know if you're paying attention to what's going on in Turkey. Yeah, because those people are trying to recapture democracy as well.
0: They so. sure are. And Elon Musk is censoring Twitter just for the dictator. Yes. Elon Musk, Mr. Free Speech, is now regulating Twitter. So some anti. Government accounts don't get seen in Turkey. So, so watch, that,
6: watch that implode too. Watch.
0: Oh yeah, totally, totally. But I think I think you're right. And I think we have to remember. You know, the great irony is that Donald Trump got rid of Roe v. Wade and gutted it, and now because of that, uh, an incredible amount of people are going to show up to terminate his presidential chances. He will not be carried to the term. In my
6: office in my office right now who actually think that Trump's going to end the war in one day, and I'm like, you know. What? gosh god can create the earth in freaking
0: one day what the heck he's gonna end the world he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna end the war one day oh end the war and which war the the, the ukraine war ukraine war oh dude. they all believe that you know why they believe it you know why because for trump ending the war is going to be give Russia whatever they want. Trump would be like coming in in 1939 saying, hang on, I know Hitler invaded Poland. I alone can solve it. Uh, I'm going to let him keep a big chunk of Poland. Okay, everything's okay now. There you go. And that's exactly what he would do. Trump's not a peacemaker. And all of these right-wingers, and you see this, Natalia, they're all Mm -hmm. nouns. Everyone that called you un-American, because you objected to George Bush's stupid fucking illegal, amoral Iraq occupation war. They're all coming out now saying, no, no, we're the anti-war ones. You Democrats and your war machine. No, no, no. You're the same as you were with Bush. You know why? They were defending authoritarians then. They had no problem with authoritarians invading a smaller neighbor then. They have no problem with authoritarians invading a smaller neighbor now. The Bush people didn't become anti-war. They're still pro-empires Fucking with smaller countries. Imperialism.
6: I'll end I'll I'll on this one, Mr. you and then your guess. Yes, sir. That someone said a long time ago, I read in the book, that there's one third of the country who want to
0: see the other third killed while the other third watches. That's it. Mm. I say it all the time. And that's what's going on. That's what, that, was, yeah. that was Nazi Germany. And yeah. th- that, was, that was colonial days. One third of us yeah. were revolutionaries. One third of us were conservative and loyal to the crown. And one third of us just didn't care. It's the same yeah. fight. Well, thanks for doing a good job. I appreciate you. CJ, you're a gentleman. I thank Thank you so very much. We have a lot of callers. But more importantly, we'll be taking your calls at 866-997-4748. And yes, we want to hear your thoughts on Marjorie Taylor Greene. But we really we also want to hear (laughs) your thoughts about Rudy Giuliani's really bad day and the Durham reports really bad day. And of course, um, James Comer and the Biden investigations really bad day, which means Donald Trump's really bad day, which means the angels are happy. We'll be
2: right back.
3: P O P P O D S to get 50% off your first month.
0: This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fuglesang. Amidst all the uncertainty and all the fear-mongering you've been hearing from right-wing media and certain Republican politicians regarding the end of Title 42. You might have noticed last week the House Republicans passed HR2, an extreme bill that pretty much exists to create more chaos and push invasion rhetoric. It's a it's a big bowl of bad. HR2 would decimate the border. It would eliminate critical reimbursements for communities. It would cut NGOs off from federal funds. It would create a massive deportation regime like nothing we've ever seen going after all 11 million undocumented humans, including DACA recipients and people who've been here for decades. It would take away protections from unaccompanied minors, putting them in for it's, its anti-family, its anti-children, and it would create a humanitarian catastrophe. And that's by design. That's by a party that doesn't want to see solutions, that wants to create more chaos and then point to the chaos and say, only I can solve this. By the way, all seven Democrats who serve at the border voted against this. Now, Congresswoman Bonnie Watson Coleman has been a hero in this fight. She was elected as New Jersey's first African-American congresswoman in 2014. She's earned top ratings from environmental groups like uh, and Planned Parenthood and the ACLU and the Working Families Party. She has joined uh together. With um, a group of activists that are traveling, trying to raise awareness about this kind of xenophobia. And she put out a great statement last week saying, Most Americans agree the U.S. is at its best when it comes to the aid of those fleeing violence, persecution, and environmental degradation. It is a part of our shared identity as a nation of immigrants. I will not back down until we uphold our values of welcoming people, providing them with dignity, and showing them compassion. It is a great pleasure to welcome the pride of new jersey congressman bonnie watson coleman to siriusxm hello hey
5: thank you hi thank hi. you for having me and thank you for covering this issue
0: thank you i think what you're doing is profoundly moral and it's profoundly honest um as you point out in your statement the biden white house inherited a very broken immigration system that was made much worse by donald trump's inhumane border policy how do you feel congresswoman seeing now that we may be on the verge of cutting access to asylum
5: It hurts me to my heart what's happening. First of all, I I agree with you. This is not about something that makes sense, it's about a messaging bill. And I I don't understand why Republicans think it's a good idea to present themselves as so mean and evil towards other people. I just don't get that. It eludes me. And I hope that people are seeing uh, the things that they're doing in this space and in other spaces where it's not about solving problems. It's not about dignity and humanity. It is about seeing how harsh they can be, how hard they can be, whether it's reproductive rights or voting rights or um, immigration uh, rights. We all know that not only did Biden inherit um, a broken immigration system, but this system has been broken even, even before Donald Trump. He made it worse. He made it worse Mm -hmm. because he wanted to see how low and how harsh he could be in this issue to show people how how strong he is, um, how immoral he is. But this system has been broken a long time. And I think what offends me from the very beginning. Is that the people who were taking these positions. Mm -hmm. We're not the natives indigenous to America. At some point in time, they left an oppressive situation in their home and they came to this place. That's right. For a better way of life, for prosperity and opportunity and liberty. The people who are coming across these borders, who are traversing the most dangerous terrain carrying their children, sometimes of losing a member of their family in doing this are the same type of people that these pilgrims were and that these folks that came from Ireland and Scotland and any other doggone place. That's right. Looking for safety and security and prosperity, happiness. We're supposed to be that land of opportunity. We're supposed to be this sort of beacon on the, moral, on the moral hill. And what we are doing in this space and in others right now is we are allowing the Russias and the Chinas and other countries with really bad, inhumane governments to say, you see the United States of America, it ain't no better
0: that's a that's the authoritarian lie and that's what's appealing to so many of these people i mean you've spoken so eloquently representative about the the meanness and it seems like this is something that is very trumpian but it was around long before trump this this long american tradition this ugly tradition of of using cruelty as a way of appearing strong and appealing to a certain class of values voters (laughs) By ignoring the creed they claim to follow and the faith they claim so proudly, but rather selling cruelty as a substitute for strength. It's a profoundly weak act, and it it relies on the ignorance of people who don't know that seeking asylum is completely legal. I mean, the people at our border, I try to call them Christian refugees as often as I can. The majority of undocumented immigrants are people who've overstayed visas, but we never hear complaints about those folks. There's 50,000 Irish undocumented in this country. You'll never hear a word from our friends on the right about the 50,000 undocumented Irish here. It all seems to be designed to scare a certain kind of American about a certain kind of human and ignoring the common humanity and ignoring our laws of asylum.
5: Yeah, well, you know, it kind of um, fundamentally has to do with racism. Um, because these are people of color and different language. Um, and so they're part of the other that the white supremacists who seem to be grabbing a hold of at least the Republican Party here in the United States of America um, are, are, are supporting the oppression and suppression of yes. them. Yes. Um, so we, we, we. Need to call it for what it is, but I will tell you how in God's name you treat children the way they have been treated under the Trump administration and maybe even sometimes under under other administrations. Of course, they are innocents. And if we can't get together as elected officials and propose a humane, verifiable, certifiable Um, and efficient immigration policies that will ensure the people who are fleeing devastating conditions in their countries or uh, harmful conditions or, or, or cartels or whatever. If we can't do that, then we're just freaking failures. And I'll tell you, the least we could do, the least we could do is protect every child. The least we could do is say no child will be caged. No child will be taken from its parent. No child will not be able to have food. No child will not have access to health care. No child will be naked and and shelterless. You know, we have lots of options. And this is something we've made this more complicated than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. They talk about fentanyl coming across um, the borders and to catch the fentanyl. At the points, the uh, legal, the legal entry points into this country. Not on the backs of those poor families.
0: Correct.
5: So, you they, know, stop lying. Stop right lying.
0: <laughs> See, this is what fascinates me about you, Congresswoman, because you are ferociously honest and compassionate. And you you work with our Republican brothers and sisters every day. and And I know a lot of them don't really feel the way they pretend to feel for the cameras you get to witness from the front row how the kevin mccarthys are controlled by the marjorie taylor greens is that what it's come to that now the the alleged leadership of this once great party is held hostage to its most reactionary white nationalist fringe because that's sure how it looks on the news
5: yeah well that's what it looks like to us too i mean you know the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Donald Trump, the uh, DeSantis trying to out Trump Trump, um the Lauren Boeberts, uh, the, the Getzes, the I think everybody is trying to see just how much power can I grab by going down as far as I can into that rabbit hole of of disdain and and and, and disregard and disrespect. Let me see what I can do to make you a little bit more miserable.
0: That's it. That's it. Well, let me ask you that. Speaking of power hungry, because um, as you well know, ProPublica released a scathing report last month that showed for nearly 30 years, Justice Clarence Thomas was receiving lavish gifts from a powerful GOP donor and then adjudicating on cases before him that donor had funded, leaving many to question his integrity and respectability of the court. On top of that, the conflicts of interest we've now heard from Chief Justice Roberts. You have joined uh, the nationwide bus tour of Just Majority to fight to push reform on the Supreme Court. How is that move going? Do you think that people are finally waking up to the fact that there is no accountability for this part of our government?
5: I think that people are offended and a a little scared of it. Um, I think that they're also afraid of big change. And this really isn't a big change to to grow the court by three more seats. I think it is because they've done it before. And it used to be where The number of Supreme Court jurors equals the number, I think, of appellate districts. And that's Mm -hmm. not the case now. Correct. But if it were the case, then you could hear more cases because they don't really hear that many cases, I think. And it takes them forever. Um, They could address more issues. There'd be greater diversity uh, in the court. And they daggone sure need the diversity. But (laughs) our system of checks and balances is something that from high school we learned was this is such a good thing about this democracy right. and our constitution and what our so-called forefathers wanted to make sure that no one, uh, there was no unchecked system that it is always accountability. And that ultimately the government that was created with the three branches is of buying for the people and mm-hmm. the people have a right to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. Well, The Supreme Court doesn't think it's answerable to anybody. So you referred to Clarence Thomas, and he's been an abomination. And he has been for people like me. It was an embarrassment and affront when they chose him to replace Thurgood Marshall. Amen. But he's not the only bad egg in this basket. Gorsuch and his issues. Correct. um, The chief justice's wife. Mm -hmm. They're looking to her issues. And 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 how she's made so much money being a quote unquote, a selective headhunter and whether or not those people end up in any cases before the court. And then you have Kavanaugh, who never, ever, ever should have gotten through that doggone hearing in the first place because he assaulted women as if he had the right to do it. And so you've got slime on the Supreme Court. And so there's a lot of things we could do. Minimally, there needs to be a code of ethics that they're accountable to. Thank you. Minimally, I think we ought to be talking about um, either rotation of assignment or terms of offices. But to have these folks like them to be able to stay on the court the rest of their lives. And the interesting thing is Republicans put young people on.
0: That's right.
5: <laughs> they want them to have this impact on our um our way of life for a very long time. And so we see these these poor minorities, and I mean minority in the sense of being not more liberal, but more rational in how they are uh, doing their business as mm-hmm. Supreme Court jurists, who have to fight those other folks every single solitary day, who rather than deal with the law before them or the issues of the law or the constitution they deal with their political ideology or their relationship with someone who has their political ideology that's right up before the court you know and so we've lost confidence in that court the thing is is that you can't tell right now if movement on the court is getting momentum because sometimes those things take time. Of Movements course. take time to build up. <laughs> but I do know that more people, when surveyed, are, are, are sharing real concern for the, the Supreme Court. So it means to me that if we were more interactive with those people and we were making sure our messages were getting out, our messages based on fact, Not fancy. That even more folks would be signing on to saying, "Hey, we need we need to change." You know, uh, what worked for the last thirty years may not be appropriate now. No, it's just not a big deal to add on to the Supreme Court. Come on, Congress, get your find your spine, right on, and do your job.
0: From your lips, Representative, I'd be most remiss if I didn't ask you one last question because last week. The House Republicans passed Kevin McCarthy's debt limit bill 217 to 215. As you know, it's it, it, it ties increasing the debt limit to deep spending cuts. More or less, we're being offered once again. You can either hurt the neediest of us or we'll crash the economy. I know you get asked about this all the time, Congresswoman. Uh, Are they just looking to find some way for McCarthy to cut some deal with Biden where he can claim some kind of covid funding was thrown overboard and he can say he did something? It it seems like Kevin McCarthy is a real sad sack in this process. And I I, I don't think he's going to be willing to trash the entire economy just to please the most rabid. Well, I certainly
5: hope not, because right now he stands in a position to make to make decisions that will impact our economy, that will impact whether or not seniors get their Medicare or Medicaid or other health care, whether or not children get fed in school, whether or not elderly people will have access to food and things of that nature. I hope so. Hmm. I've not known him to be as as weak and as um, disconnected from any sense of morality while I was watching him throughout the years. Yeah. But clearly, it was important for him to get the title of speaker. He didn't care about the responsibility, the obligations, or the opportunities. He just wanted to be speaker. So now he's gotten the title. He doesn't have the authority. He's conceded his, his power to people who are both mean-spirited, lovers of white supremacy, and not right. to right. And yeah. not too right. That's right. And so we have a fight. We have a fight ahead of <laughs> us. But Democrats are we're going to keep fighting. Listen, Joe Biden is not to be played with. And they ought to know that That's he's been right. around long enough to know what he has to do. And we have we've been around long enough to know what we need to do to support us. We've got to protect our country, protect our economy and protect the least among us.
0: Bonnie Watson Coleman, it is such a pleasure having you join us. I've been such a fan for a long time. Thank you for all you do to represent the voters of New Jersey and the citizens of the U.S. Please come back and see us again, because, folks, this is radio. You didn't see me, like, high-fiving her in the air and doing the wave 10 times for everything she said. Thank you for inspiring me, Congresswoman. Thanks for
5: having me. I appreciate your covering these issues. Stay care. God bless.
0: We'll see you again. We'll see you next time. Peace.